Hi, welcome to Curious Sisters. My name is Kat. My name is Nastya, and this is our first season where we talk about all things Slavic. But before we dive into the topic that I prepared today, and I'm pretty excited about, we have a warm-up question. And warm-up question brought to you by um, Larry's phobia. So I have a little bit of a <laughs> background story. Larry was painting some walls yesterday and he is not comfortable with heights so I was not comfortable with him painting the walls which made me think so Nasta what is the something that you scared of not necessarily a phobia but what is something that you scared of that potentially prevents you from doing things and how do you think your life would be different if you weren't scared of that thing I'm definitely terrified of big spiders and snakes. Are you terrified of big spiders? What? <laughs> you always send me pictures of your basement spiders. And I'm like, if I saw that thing, I would probably just have a heart attack. Well, but, you, but you handle them. Like I said, I also have a panic moment when I see them. And then I think of... I'm never going to sleep in this house until I get this thing out of the house. So I have to act somehow. And uh, the last one, I was lucky because I was carrying some Tupperware downstairs and I just saw it sitting right in the middle of the hallway. So I just threw the Tupperware on top. <laughs> but Gosh. It, was, it was a pretty big I think spider. That was, the big, that was probably the biggest one you sent me a picture of yet. Yeah, it was. I put uh, like a quarter next to it for comparison and it was... The legs were pretty long, so I guess the body is not that big. But with the legs, it was, I don't know, what would you say? How how big was it? Like two, three quarters? Well, you're the one who saw it in person, so you tell me. To me, it looked huge. <laughs> it was big. But so yes. wait, spiders and snakes? Yeah. I, I, well, that was another thing. Recently... You know how we have a glass door on our entrance door? So, like, yeah. you can see through. And our cats, Maeve and Sweeney, they like to sit there and just stare out there. And Sweeney was staring at something recently, and his tail got all puffy. Like, he's scared of something, <laughs> and he started, like, walking backwards slowly. So, I bend down to look at what's going on there, and there is big-ass black snake just slithering down the stairs, like... Here I am visiting you guys, <laughs> and oh, I'm leaving no. now. And it was, I mean, it wasn't like a, a huge snake, but it was pretty long. And I don't know, like, again, I'm thinking of feet. I don't know how many feet, like two meters long. How many feet is that? Two meters long? That's that's long. That's like taller than an average person. Maybe not as long. I mean, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm like one meter, 70 centimeters, so I'm okay, shy. Okay, so definitely then not two meters. Maybe I was thinking of two feet. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe you were so scared that you thought that it was two meters. To me, two meters is like huge. Yes. So no, definitely not that big, but still pretty big. So then I went online to research what kind of snakes we have here in Maryland, and I was like... Okay, this seems like a not poisonous snake, but still, I wouldn't want to go and meet a snake in the bushes. So I'm always cautious when I'm walking or running because I don't want to run into one of those things. 
Yeah. What about you? I'm def I definitely don't like spiders and snakes. Probably, I think it's probably one of the common phobias or just dislikes that people have, I would imagine. Um, I would say I'm really scared or slash nervous for a while. I feel like it was like almost like a phobia of mine of getting old. Recently, I found out that maybe in about 10 or 15 years, they will know how to reverse the, the aging. And I'm like, yay, I don't have to be scared anymore. <laughs> when I say like scared, it's not a phobia. It's just like a more of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an annoying thought that always in my head. I'm like, oh no, I have more wrinkles. I don't want wrinkles. I want to be unwrinkled. <laughs> I don't know, just uh, something weird I deal with. But I think lately I got better about it. And I think the 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 second part of the question was how w would my life be different is probably would be less anxiety about it. But that goes to like, I learned to accept yourself with the wrinkles and stuff. But then I learned that maybe one day they'll be able to reverse it. I'm like, <laughs> nope, I'm not going to accept it, reverse it. But I'm just too chicken to get like injections and Botox and all that stuff. So, uh, And I feel like it's, it could make it worse so for it, some people exactly. it works yeah for some people it works and they look great for other people not so much so you don't know for, until you try it i guess and then it's too late to reverse it yep but definitely spiders and snakes i, I can i can definitely relate um every time i see a spider in the house i scream for larry pauk <laughs> means spider larry knows the word pauk in, in this household and um one time i was running on a trail and there was this snake just um signing signing its buns signing its uh back <laughs> and i almost stepped on it and i jumped up so high in the air like in the scream and then i like looked around hoping that nobody saw me do this embarrassing thing but yeah i don't know something about spiders and snakes i do not like them Yeah, and I think for me to answer the second question, I would probably get out there more and like walk more trails and camp more. Just knowing the fact that all of those are out there kind of stops me from being in the nature so much. And I am jealous of the people who are super comfortable with snakes and, and spiders. You know, so some people have snakes as pets or spiders too. Exactly. Well, there you have it. The phobias. Some of us have them. Some of them are weird. No judgment, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone has something. So we're not alone in this. So what you got for me today and for everybody else? I thought it would be fun to talk about traditional Russian weddings and how Ooh, different yes. they are from what we're used to here in America. How many weddings have you been to? Russian weddings? I mean, just all weddings altogether. You could specify how many Russian ones. And American ones? Uh, well, honestly, I think I only been to one Russian wedding. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it may take too much time for me to try to figure out how many <laughs> American <laughs> weddings. You see, Larry has a lot of cousins. So we went to, it was like a wedding spree for us for a while, a few years back where somebody was getting married. I'm pretty sure one year there was like two or three weddings the same year. So quite a few. So you're an experienced guest 
And you've been in the wedding party before, right? Yes, I've been in the I've been in a Russian wedding party and in the two American wedding parties. Yes. Plus when I first came to the United States, I worked for a brief period of time at a banquet restaurant where we served the weddings and that was honestly a cultural shock for me <laughs> to see American weddings for the first time. So I have quite a experience. What about you? How many I feel like you've been to more Russian weddings than I have been. Somehow, that's what I think. No, I really have not. And I think I somehow forgot that you worked serving weddings. Because now I was like, oh, what a surprise. <laughs> yeah, so I'm curious to hear about that as well. I've that only happened. really been to one Russian wedding because I was pretty young when I moved here. So I only had one friend who got married at that point. And then I was okay. like the second out of everybody to get married here in the States. So I I think my experience with the Russian wedding is not exactly a traditional Russian wedding because they did not do a lot of the traditional things. Like traditional things you're referring to like fist fights? <laughs> <laughs> they do say that a wedding is not a wedding without a fist fight in Russia. Yep. I do not remember there being a fist fight, so I don't think that happened. Everyone was okay. nice and happy. So definitely not a traditional Russian wedding. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but traditional Russian weddings are definitely interesting and diverse. Um, it obviously depends on people's preference. They do whatever they want. I think now they're more influenced by the West. So even like the whole engagement process, I think, is sort of slowly coming into Russia. Traditional Russian weddings are accompanied by kidnapping, obstacle courses, and many things that may seem absolutely weird. So it starts with a ransom and kidnapping of the bride. You've probably heard that in some countries a groom should pay a very expensive dowry before the wedding. Yes. And in, in Russia, the bride's ransom is not really that a duty that you have to do, but it's more a funny tradition. So... The bride's parents or friends steal and hide her before the ceremony. So before even headed out to the ceremony, the groom is supposed to pay to get his bride back. Before paying, he actually has to complete a range of challenges to show how much he loves her. And the tasks are usually funny. The groom may be required to sing a song or tell a joke, a poem, or dance, and do other things that are pretty funny. And if he cannot complete a task, a payment of either real cash, chocolates, or flowers must be made as compensation. Chocolates? Why not? Who doesn't like chocolates? Interesting. Other versions of the ransom quest include dressing up a male relative of the bride in wedding attire, so dressing him up as a bride, and refusing to hand over the real one until a payment has been made. <laughs> Sometimes the fiancé is presented with a napkin covered in the lipstick prints of the bridal party, and then he has to identify his bride's print correctly. Otherwise, he also has to pay. Better come prepared with the wads of money. Yes. <laughs> so after all of those shenanigans, once he finally gets his bride, um, they usually ride in separate cars to the ceremony. And the ceremony itself, there are different options. The bride and the groom have the option to have a traditional ceremony, also known as vinchania, and that happens in a church. It is divided into two parts. 
have you ever been to a traditional ceremony? Well, I guess the one Russian wedding that you've been to, was it traditional that way or no? No, it was not done in church. It was done in the state registry office. Yes, state establishment. Yes. So for the church ceremony, there are two parts. The betrothal is the first part of a traditional Russian Orthodox ceremony. This is where the couple stands at the entrance to the church and is blessed by the priest. They receive lit candles and then they hold on to them throughout the ceremony, which includes a prayer and scripture readings. And then the crowning is the second part of the traditional ceremony and is where a couple stand on a piece of rose-colored cloth and the priest places the crowns onto their heads. These can sometimes be held in place by relatives or friends. Then the couple shares a cup of wine and follow the priest three times around the lectern to symbolize their journey into married life. Traditionally, fun fact, the crowns would be worn for eight days after the ceremony, but it obviously doesn't happen these days. I was going to say, really? Like, you don't take them off ever for eight days? (laughs) They are now. Now they are taken off after the priest announces the union and says the benediction. An exchange of the rings happens at some point as well, but traditionally the crowning is more important for Russian Orthodox followers. And um, a marriage is really only legally recognized once you've made a trip to the registration office, like you mentioned. So some couples do that part beforehand, so they just go and sign the papers and then have the church ceremony. Some have the wedding at the church and then head off to the registration office. And then some couples just choose to do the the civil registry and skip the church altogether. So it depends on the family and their preference. Yes, Maeve agrees. What about you? The the wedding that you went to, was it a traditional one in church or was it just a civil marriage? No, it was just at the registration office. Um, But you could also just sign the papers there or you could choose to have a short ceremony, which usually lasts 15 to 30 minutes. Um, And then this is what I attended. And usually during this time, they they sign the papers and then the rings are exchanged and the couple is pronounced husband and wife. The one I went to, they also did the first dance as husband and wife, which was pretty nice because they had like live orchestra there. Fancy. And uh, they did not do this, but apparently... For some couples, the parents offer two crystal glasses, which they are asked to to break. And the more pieces of shards of glass they create, the greater the number of years of happiness they will spend together. And then somebody has to pick that up. Doesn't seem very safe. No. It is also customary for the married couple to release either balloons or, usually, two white doves to symbolize their love and partnership. And the bride also releases another balloon with the her maiden name written on it. Kind of a symbolic way of saying goodbye to it. Yeah. And throwing rice is a pretty common tradition, but I think it's common in a lot of cultures. So it's not really unique. Do you know what the throne of rice is about? I always wondered that. What's, what's with the rice? Yes, it's a symbol of um, fertility and prosperity, I think. Yeah. So that's why, you know, here you go. So you can have some babies throw rice at you. As many babies as the grains of rice here. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That would be too many. 
It's also a legal requirement for Russian weddings to include two witnesses at the official registration of the marriage. So couples usually choose two witnesses for their wedding day who will get to wear a special sash to identify their position. These witnesses are often what we would call the maid of honor and the best man. Right. But there's usually no bridal party. I don't know if people do that these days. The wedding that I went to, they didn't really have the bridal party. I think some people, like you said, some people do like Western type of weddings nowadays. And I've definitely seen mm -hmm. some people do the bridal parties on Instagrams, some pictures. True. And then once the official registration has been carried out, Traditionally, the newlyweds set off to visit landmarks to get photos and do all the traditional things at each site. And we're talking about getting married in a city. So this is usually what people do is they, um, they could either do it alone or they, I would say more often than not, they bring a small group of friends and family along. So when they're right around in cars, I guess it's more fun because some couples hire a limousine, or sometimes a series of cars decorated with gold rings and flowers, and everyone gets to ride around and get some pictures taken and things like that. People, I think people do it here too. Yeah, that's true. I remember going to the wedding with you where we did that on a bus. That was fun. Party bus. Party bus, yes. And because the road trip and the, I guess if you do the traditional ceremony, then the wedding registry at the registry office and then the driving around it could take a lot of time so a lot of russian weddings last two days and i guess some of them last more than two days because i've heard of weddings that take three days or more as well definitely and before we go on to the second day why don't we take a break for our words of the episode all right <laughs> So the perfect words for the episode, I figured, would be husband and wife. I thought you said words. I was like, is it yes. multiple? Okay. Did you teach Larry? Uh, I, Larry knows wife for sure, because he's called you that multiple times. Well, yes, he doesn't, doesn't really pronounce it exactly right. He always calls me Gina. <laughs> but... I think it's also, he also knows the husband. I think it's a funny sounding word because moosh almost sounds like something mushy. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he knows, he knows both of these. Did you teach James those? Yes. And when I told him that a husband is moosh, he said it sounds like moose. <laughs> well, that too. To me, it sounds more like moosh. Mushy. M-U-S-H. Yes, I think that's how I would spell it. So there you go, guys. Husband is mush, or something mushy. <laughs> and wife is žena. Not žena. Žena. <laughs> right. All right. So as day two rolls around... The couple is no longer in their formal wedding attire, but they still dress pretty nicely, wear something less formal. And this is when the reception kicks off. 
before the newlyweds, or actually as they arrive to the reception, they take a bite of a traditional bread loaf. Um, I guess it would be kalach. It is kind of like a savory bread loaf with a lot of salt. And the superstition dictates that the person who takes the biggest bite will become the head of their future household. Okay. And the wedding I went to, they did that. And they were not allowed to use their hands when they were biting off the bread. So you just kind of lean in and take a big bite. And I think they also did shots of vodka after that. Of course. (laughs) Of course. So that's how you start. 7 a.m. in the morning. Well, I wouldn't say it was seven. Isn't that kind of similar what they do? Well, they all do the same day at the weddings here when they bite into a cake. Or am I making it up? Like whoever bites the biggest bite. Is is that a thing? Do you know? I don't know. And sometimes like people just shove cake into each other's face. And I'm like, that's not nice. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking about. Like that they basically feed each other the cake here. I don't know if the size of of the bite it matters. Yeah, I think I'm just making it up. Yeah, because uh, I don't remember. I, they definitely had a cake. I think they did that too for the cake. But that was like at the end of the night. And then we haven't done this, but some, according to some sources, uh, when the guests arrive to the reception, they drop money, either real or fake, onto the floor. And supposedly, it is the bride's responsibility to clean it all up. Okay. (laughs) Um, There is lots of eating, drinking, and, of course, having fun at the reception. It is pretty common to hire a tamada. It literally means a toast maker. Oh, not a toast maker. (laughs) They make a toast? (laughs) Would you like some jam or butter? (laughs) Or... Peanut butter? Jelly? Toast? <laughs> toast maker? Not, not that kind of toast. <laughs> I, I should have looked into the origin more, but I'm pretty sure it comes from Georgia, and it means a toast master. But in Russia, it is a, a bit of a different meaning, because it's more of an entertainer. <laughs> so they do start the toasts and things like that, but they also introduce rules to the games that are played at the wedding and then just have a whole entertainment program for the night and just make sure everyone is happy and having fun. So it's not just about the toasts. I feel like a few weddings that I've been to here, some of these responsibilities would be fulfilled by a DJ, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like DJ is definitely not the same as Tamada because Tamada, like, that... The person basically entertains everybody whole night. That's like that's a lot of work that they do. I'm not saying the DJ doesn't do a lot of work, but DJ like plays music and sometimes introduces the bridal party and all that. But Tamada, I feel like never sits down. They do like all kind of activities. Yeah, yeah, they basically run the show. I mean, I've yeah. never organized. Obviously, our wedding was not a big wedding, so I've never organized a wedding myself, but I'm sure there is someone responsible for the program of the reception, because isn't there a schedule? At least that's what I remember from some weddings is like, you know, at this time we're doing the cake, at this time the dad of the bride does the toast and whatnot. So I think it's just not announced, but someone still takes care of the schedule. Yeah, I feel like somewhat, it it depends, like some weddings are more laxed, some Mm -hmm. less, 
And like, I feel like the cake, sometimes the cake part is organized by like the caterer. True. So yeah, Tamada sort of just runs the whole show and they work with the DJ together to make sure everything is, you know, fun and everyone is enjoying their time. The games are pretty bizarre, some of them. Some of the games include putting the newlyweds against one another to see who can put diapers onto a doll the fastest. Or maybe not diapers, maybe a dress, basically. Practicing. Um, There is a game that allows guests... I wouldn't call it a game, but I guess it's an ongoing thing that the guests could do is vote for the gender of the first baby of the couple by placing money onto either a pink or a blue plate. So that's also, I guess, a good way to help cover the costs of the of the wedding and the reception. Help collect money in a fun way. Yes. Um, sometimes there is a fake couple that shows up and s- sends the guests to find the real couple who will be hiding somewhere at this point. I definitely didn't have to do that. <laughs> I've never even heard of that one. Of course, there's a lot of dancing and drinking and stuff like that. Um, another game that I've never heard of but I found online is about distributions of household chores. So what they do is they put a bunch of objects into a big sack. For example, they could put fishing floats, brooms, frying pans, car keys, remote controls, things like that into a sack. And then the bride and the groom take turns choosing objects from the sack without looking. For example, if the groom takes out the frying pan, he will be responsible for preparing meals. Well, if the bride selects the float, she will have the honorable task of going fishing. Wait a minute. I mean, even if it's in the sack, I know it's a skillet. I know what a skillet feels like. I'm not going to pull it out (laughs) then. I know what car keys feel like. I'm not sure what chore that is, like driving around, but that seems a little little, uh, rigged. This game is rigged. (laughs) Well, it is more for just the entertainment of everyone. Nothing serious there, guys. And then, of course, I already mentioned the the dancing, eating, drinking. There's a lot of that going on. And kind of an odd thing, but it is present, I would say, in all of the Russian weddings. Um, The fact is that throughout the party, wedding toasts are often wrapped up with a shout of Gorka, which means bitter. So someone will just start screaming that. (laughs) (laughs) Weird, huh? What bitter, are they doing? Bitter, 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 <laughs> bitter, bitter. Um, this is a signal for the newlyweds to kiss. Tradition says that the sweetness of their kiss will enhance the bitter drinks. And another weird thing: guests will also count aloud how many seconds the kiss lasts for. So they scream bitter, 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 gorka, and then they start kissing. So they start counting. And uh, this is said to show the strength of their love for one another. Just odd. Well, people don't scream bitter here, but people um, usually start hitting their glasses with like a fork or a knife, I think. Did, did you know that? Like hitting the, the side of a glass, making the clanking noise, and that's like a sign of, hey, t- guys, time to make out. I don't remember if anybody counts, but yeah, I feel like it's just as bizarre. Like, yeah, basically a bunch of spectators demand that you make out and we all watch. <laughs> that is a weird concept. Uh, I'm so glad I didn't have a big wedding. Yep. See what you're missing out on. 
And like we already mentioned at the beginning, as per Russian saying, there is no good wedding without a fight. So traditionally, if it's a big wedding with a lot of relatives, and especially if it's, I don't know, maybe it's a stereotype. But when I think of more like not city weddings, but more like small town weddings where family know each other better and there's a bigger family involved or whatnot, that there could be a fight at the wedding. And a wedding is not a wedding without a fight, apparently. Where people know each other better so they can hit each other more comfortably. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. I mean, I definitely agree that some of it is is probably a stereotype, but, you know, most stereotypes are based on something. They're not all true, but I also feel like a lot of it has to do maybe with all the intense drinking for two days, that it's probably alcohol-fueled. For sure, yes. There's obviously a lot of drinking involved in most weddings. So yeah, there is definitely, I guess some things are similar and Some things are different, but I wanted to look at some of the things that may seem bizarre, especially now after we both have attended many weddings here in the States. Yes. I kind of wish I could go back and go to a Russian wedding just to compare. But as far as I know, I've only had two more friends get married and they didn't do any big celebrations. So they kind of did what? We both did and just signed the paperwork and had some pictures taken by a photographer and that's it. Hang out with our friends. I feel like, um, I obviously don't know the percentages, but it feels like more and more people do that in Russia and here too. Like if you don't want to organize this huge party and spend all this money, like some somewhat I feel like it became more acceptable to do that or more popular. I don't know. Maybe it just maybe it just feels that way to me. Yes. No, I I mean, I don't know how people do that. It's just so much when you have to plan a wedding and I'm sure it's it's a lot of fun and it's a fun process, but I think it's it would be nerve-wracking for me. And I don't really like that much attention. So I would <laughs> even if we could afford a big wedding, I don't think I would ever do it. Yeah, I agree with you there. I feel like that's kind of the biggest part, I don't want, at this point of life, I don't want to spend, number one, this type, this amount of money to do this. And number two, yeah, I don't really like to be the center of attention that much, where everybody is smacking their glasses and demanding that <laughs> we make out. Yeah, we're introverts. <laughs> a little bit. So there you have it. Yeah, if you're ever a guest at a Russian wedding and you have some experiences to share, please share with us. Or if you know of some odd traditions. By the way, was there something different in your wedding ceremony when you guys got married? Yes, when you and Larry got married. Was there anything different? Well, we were were married by a justice of peace that cost this whole, I don't know, $35, I think. (laughs) And Larry likes to tell the story because we were second in line. And the first person in line was wearing handcuffs. Oh, (laughs) interesting. And he was getting sentenced for something. I have no idea what, like, obviously not nothing major, because you could only just go to the office of the judge, but he had to be brought in in handcuffs. And we're like, okay, I guess we'll wait till this guy gets sentenced. And then we get married. Woohoo, fun. (laughs) Fun. Just like everything in life is combined with, sweetness is combined with what, bitterness? 
Yes. Um, I thought it was cool that the lady who married us did the the tying the hands together. I think it comes from an Irish tradition. Yeah. I thought that was different. I've definitely never heard or seen it or even expected it for my ceremony. So it was a surprise. Surprise. <laughs> but it's something both James and I remember and we thought was pretty cool and different. Yeah. It was nice of her to add a personal touch. Yes, for sure. And what's our interesting fact for this episode? The interesting fact of the episode, it has a backstory too. I feel like everything I say has to have a backstory today. <laughs> that makes sense. Once a week, I now go into work and I cry about it because I enjoy working from home so much. <laughs> but when I go into work, I like to buy myself a lunch and always buy a bottle of Snapple, Diet Snapple tea. Mm -hmm. by, the, by the way, if Snapple wants to pay us for the ad, we wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> and now twice in the, you know how Snapple has like a weird fact on the cap, inside the cap. Do you know that? Yes. I think I've only had Snapple a couple of times, but I remember that fun part of, of the drink. So let me find it. I got this cap. So I got this cap two times in a row now. And I'm like, I have to look into this. Hold on a second. Maeve, what are you looking there in the corner? Are there spiders in there? There are spiders in here. Pauk! <laughs> she is, she just, she's loafing in the closet and just staring at the pile of stuff that we have intently. Like, I feel like there is something sitting under all that stuff, and I don't want to know. Uh -oh. <laughs> don't look. So it's a real fact number one, two, three. They also numbered. This one happens to be one, two, three. It says bear bears. Try again. Real fact number one, two, three. Beavers were once the size of bears. What? And that's exactly what I said. What? Like little bears, big bears. I was like, really? Is it is that a real fact? So I looked into it. Apparently, giant beavers the size of black bears once roamed the lakes and wetlands of North America. Fortunately for cottage goers, these mega rodents died out at the end of the last ice age. They are now extinct, obviously. The giant beaver was once a highly successful species. Scientists have found its fossil remains at sites from Florida to Alaska in the Yukon. Well, So a supersized version of the modern beaver in appearance, the giant beaver tipped the scales at 100 kilograms. I'm not sure how we convert it to pounds, but that's a lot. I mean, I think pounds are almost almost twice as much, so roughly 200 pounds, a little bit less, I think. Okay, so the giant beaver lacked the iconic paddle-shaped tail we see on today's modern beavers. Instead, it had a long, skinny tail like a muskrat, and the teeth also look different. Modern beaver incisors, front teeth, are sharp and chisel-like. Giant beaver's incisors were bulkier and curved and lacked a sharp cutting edge. And the species suddenly became extinct 10,000 years ago. So here, <laughs> add to the list of possible phobias. <laughs> Phobia of a giant beaver, brought to you by Snapple. Yeah, lucky for us. Or our wooden structures would just go down. 
I also learned a fact recently about beavers that they actually don't like the sound of the running water, and that's why they built all the all the structures to stop it. Oh my gosh, really? I don't know. I don't know how true that is. Did you? I was gonna say, did you fact check it? That would be a, a good thing to do. Let me let so me fact check real quick. They, <laughs> So all this time, beavers building dams because they're just trying to stop the water. I thought, I actually don't know. I never thought why they're doing it. Maybe they were like catching some fish in the dams or something. Or maybe they just liked creating big pools of water to like yes, swim I think, in the pool. <laughs> I think the sound of the water was a joke. <laughs> hey, well, this is not a scientific show, so... <laughs> Yes, this article says beavers build dams across streams to create a pond where they can build a beaver lodge to live in. <laughs> and they provide protection from pre predators like wolves, coyotes, mountain lions. Okay. What did you hear about the water thing? <laughs> uh, it was it was a like a uh, an Instagram account about animals and it's like comics. Or like okay. sh short animations that are made about animals. So, I don't know. They probably did just do it as a joke. I was going to say, they probably were making fun of beavers. Like, beavers have anxiety of running water, so they're trying to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Well, thank you for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed and learned a thing or two. Even though some of it may not be true. <laughs> yes. Please, please review and rate us and recommend to your friends and family. And we'll see you next time. Пока. Горько. Sweet.